I'm Vic Singh, and you're listening to Pada Bing, a podcast that rigorously examines The Sopranos through deep dives, conversations, interviews, streams of consciousness, music, and NBA references. Please remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. And please share this episode or your favorite one with one new person. If you're looking for extra things to listen to during these challenging times, check out some other new projects I put out. Plain Text Ideas, a podcast where big ideas get jotted down, then contemplated at length with experts. Run It Back, a basketball retrospective podcast that looks at players, games, and moments in the NBA and basketball at large through Pot of Bing glasses. And finally, Game Federer, a podcast that relives and revisits every Roger Federer Grand Slam title. Doing that one with my friend and sports broadcaster, Brian Clark. If any of those sound like you, give them a try. They're all available anywhere you find podcasts. Finally, as always, thank you for listening and being part of this journey. Coming up is a conversation I had a little while ago with Chris Caldavino. Chris played Billy Leotardo, Phil's kid brother, on the show. Chris shared his soprano story and more, including memories from his lifelong friendship with Terrence Winter. Stay safe out there. Here's Chris. Chris, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for having me. How did The Sopranos happen for you? Well, I uh, had auditioned a few times before, actually. Um, Same show. For, for Sopranos, yeah. Um, different episodes. I, Jeez, uh, I don't remember. I know I actually auditioned for Little Carmine's role. I, I absolutely wasn't right for it. A lot of people did. Yeah, they, well, you know, he would see a lot of people for each role and yeah. you know uh, but when you you know when when I saw Ray Abruzzo I was like oh my that's little Carmine there's no way and, you know, and I was you know, I just didn't I was too young I just didn't look right at the time speaking uh, of the way you look by the yeah. way um, in the show you were Phil Leotardo's kid brother right I gotta say your hair right now right people aren't gonna see this but right. <laughs> it, it's kind of there yeah no I, I absolutely it's kind of yeah, prescient we, yeah. of the casting yeah it really back is then that it you would really turn was. into yeah, I turn looking into <laughs> like Phil Leotardo's kid brother in a good way by the way yeah okay Striking. looking like uh, Frank Vincent is uh, is definitely is a, a high thing. compliment yeah that's a, he was a good looking guy yeah um, so you read for I read, Little so Carmine? I, I read for Little Carmine. Uh, I read for a few other roles. I don't remember which ones. And then uh, there was this little role uh, for this uh, character. It wasn't called Billy Leotardo. Most people don't realize this. It was Billy, um, and I can't remember the last name. But the character was just a, you know, a thug of, of uh, Phil Leotardo's. Happened, first name happened to be Billy. So we shot the scene where, um, I don't know if we shot, I, I think we actually shot the scene where, uh, with Lorraine in the bar with the phone book when he shoots her, mm. that's the first time you see me. Right. I, I come into the bar with Joe Peeps and with, uh, uh, Phil Leotardo. Um, and as we were shooting, I was still working as the character Billy. I think it was Saracusa actually something. was the last, yeah. something like that. So it turns out that that name didn't clear legal there was a Billy Saracusa out there, so they couldn't use that name. So 
I think, I'm not sure if it was Terry or one of the, somebody that was on set earlier watching us work now was in the office with David when, or I, I could be, you know, a little off on the of time frame here. Yeah. But basically they said, you know, we can't use that name Billy Saracusa because it's not clearing legal. And either Terry or someone said, well, I was just on the set watching them together. Chris looks like he could be related to Frank. And David Chase, there you go. So they kicked around uh, son, nephew, you know, whatever. And then they, they hit on uh, on baby brother, which like was almost be like a generation sure. younger. Um, I and think, it obviously sets up the whole arc. Right. I think the reason why they didn't want to make it me his son is because it would have been a little too urgent. You know? Yeah, if what happened to Billy Leotardo was his son, uh, there would be no negotiation. Right, right. So it, exactly, uh, and and if it was the nephew, it might not have been enough. Right. So then they just kid you know, brother. I mean, it was genius. It yeah. is genius. Yeah. And the way that Frank Vincent says kid brother, right? You know, it's just right. it has this. You know, you ever hold somebody in your arms? Like, it just has this really great tie-in with the culture, right? Yes, because Tony and his nephew and. It it worked. Oh, the juxtaposition of 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 Philly and Billy, and then Tony and Christopher. Yeah, it was always there. You know, he's, you know, I think he said one was one line where he says, uh, "Anyone ever die in uh, in your arms, you prick?" Yeah, and, and Tony says no, and then Billy we'll see says, if "We can't make that yeah, happen." Philly you. says, "Yeah, see, if we can't make that happen for you." So this was a good thing for you then, because as soon as you become Phil Leotard's oh, yeah. kid brother, you yeah. at least know that you're on. Yeah, a number of episodes. I have a recurring role now. It was yeah. supposed to be one or two episodes. If they would have liked me, maybe they would have had me around. Who knows? But yeah. it wouldn't have been. If that name didn't clear, it wouldn't have been uh, Billy Leotardo. But the scene in that bar, as far as you knew, I was, the, that was it. I was Billy whatever. Yeah. I wasn't Billy Leotardo yet. Yeah. I might, and, unless I knew during the day or that morning, I remember getting the job and, you know, starting as this character, Billy Saracusa. I, I, I think I even have the side. I got to find those sides if I could probably laying around somewhere. Have you looked up Billy Saracusa in real life? Do you know who this person you is? No, I haven't because this is the first time I actually remembered the name. You made, you jogged my memory. I did, I never could remember what the name was. This room has a tendency to when I was telling When I would tell the story, I would say, Billy, I don't remember. But yeah, it was Saracusa. I don't know how the hell that came to me just now. So... Backtracking a little bit, I don't know if this was before or after The Sopranos, but I read that you studied with Jeff Goldblum. That was bef- this, uh, before. What did you learn from Jeff Goldblum? Well, he, he I, t- I studied Meisner, te- uh, Meisner Technique at Playhouse West out here for a while. I didn't, st- I didn't stay the whole two years, but um, Jeff was a great... Jeff Goldblum is as good as an acting teacher as you could imagine him to be. You know, exactly. knowing who he is, yeah. Yeah, he was just really into it. I would imagine that he you was really spending involved. any amount of time with him, you're going to pick up something. Yeah, you, he was very involved with the students. And uh, we were at the beginning stages of Meisner technique, technique where it's a lot of the listening and responding. You know, that was they do like six months of that even before you start working on scenes. It's a, and um, so he was working us through these exercises. So he would have like two people, a guy and a girl come on stage and start improving. Um, who knows, maybe you're having a fight. And all of a sudden, Jeff would walk into the scene and become part of the scene. You know, what are you doing in my wife's bedroom kind of thing, you know? And it was just, I'm like, wow, this is really cool, man. I'm like doing this improv stuff with Jeff Goldblum. And it just, it was just fun. He was, um... Is he as advertised? 
Yeah, he's totally cool, and he's Jeff Goldblum. Man. Yeah, he really is. He's like a tra- he transcends humanity. <laughs> yeah, he's he's his own <laughs> he's his own species, man. He's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he's really cool. Most you know, just a really type of guy you like you like you want to hang around with. You know, you want to listen to. Are you from Brooklyn? Yeah, you, you never shook the accent, which, no, which is no. a good thing. Why'd you come to L.A.? Why'd you leave? A lot of people don't leave. Well, New because York. in the in the '90s, mid '90s, early early mid '90s, there wasn't much going on in New York TV and film wise. And you knew this was what you wanted and, to do. Well, you know, I Terry and I grew up on the same block in Brooklyn. No way. Yeah, and uh, he went. to Did you law- know each other growing up? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what. Well, actually, the story he tells you about um, about that phony agency he put together. I, that was I was part of that. I, I benefited from that. I was well. I, complete the story. Tell I was us. I was the acting client of uh, the Doug. I'm not I'm not sure if I could say it. So okay. so agency. Um, well, so Terry Terry is, comes. We're sitting we're hanging out on my stoop in Brooklyn, and Terry comes and says, "Look, he goes. I hate this law shit. I I can't do it anymore. I'm going to quit. I'm going to move to L.A. I'm going to be a screenwriter." And, uh, you know, I always talked about maybe acting. And, you know, it's, it's, it, there's no opportunity back then. Like, you know, I went to acting class, but I really wasn't auditioning in New York. There was just not much going on then. I'm sure I could have found it, but, you know, the thing was to come out to L.A. So Terry says, uh, I, I'm going to go out to L.A. You know, next year or six months, whenever it was. I said, screw it, man. I'm coming with you. Actually, he moved out first. I joined him out here about eight months, 12, 10 months later. Were you guys roommates? And we got, yeah. Well, he was, he uh, rented a room in some other guy's apartment. Like, he couldn't even of course afford, a like, a, not even a, well, he wasn't a roommate. He was, like, renting the roommate's extra he was subletting room. subletting a sublet. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I moved out, uh, he, uh, we found a uh, two-bedroom apartment, like, right across the street from where he was staying. And we lived together for about two, two and a half, three years. And you were acting and he was writing. Yeah, yeah. He was writing. He was writing. I was acting and doing whatever. I was bartending at the Roxbury across the street and having, yeah. a, having a great time. And he was in his room writing every night, just every night. Wow, fascinating. W- wouldn't come out. I worked Would he the, share stuff with you? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read all, I used, to, yeah, I, I read a lot of his stuff when he writes it. He'll send it to me, you know, if he can, if yeah. it's something that can be shown. And, um, yeah, I've read first and second drafts of a lot of his stuff. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. That I knew you guys were friends, but I didn't know the, that it started on a block in Brooklyn. On East 37th Street in Brooklyn, yeah. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Did you guys go to school together? No, he was a, he's a few, couple, he's three years older than me, so okay. he was a little older. He went to uh, Catholic school, grammar school. I went to public grammar school. Right, you know, a couple yeah. of blocks away from yeah. each other. But the movie Brooklyn Rules is, I'm the third friend. There's, there's, it's about Terry. Uh-huh. His friend Carmine, which is me, it's Chris, they changed the name, and our friend Bobby Canzanieri, who he actually used his real name. Bobby Canzanieri is a, is a teacher in Long Island, you know, teaches uh, high school. I'm going to use the Tony Soprano line on you. Uh, what part of the boot is your family from? <laughs> uh, Southern Italy, mostly. Okay. My, my, my uh, father's father's Sicilian, grandmother's uh, from Naples, and then the other side of the family is like Calabria and... Brutes, all all down there. All down there. All down there. Any role that you read for that you really wanted on the show? On, on uh, Sopranos. On Sopranos. Yeah. No, man, that was, you know, I was just starting out. I was just happy to be, I would have took, you know, I was happy to be there. What a, you know, um, no, I mean, I read for the little Carmine role. I wouldn't have cast me for that. And 
See, the thing, with, with a show like that, like I couldn't even say, oh, yeah, I wanted that role and I could see myself. And no, who got that role? I could never. Now, especially looking yeah, back, you know. it was cast so beautifully and elegantly. Um, so you appeared in nine episodes of the show as right. Billy Leotardo, Phil's kid brother, and made most famous for being described as the guy that sold printer cartridges out of the back of a truck. Later became a funny <laughs> thing about a guy at the, towards the end of the series who was complaining about uh, Bobby Bacala calling him a mortadelle. And he's like, you used to sell printers out of the back of your Crown Vic. Right, It's one of right. the classic lines. <laughs> um, you also had a high hit count, three. Yeah, uh, I did get credited took for out three. Lorraine, yeah, right. Jason, yeah. uh, Evanina. And Angelo. Well, the Jason thing is debatable because was I down there when he shot him or did Peeps he shoot was already, him by himself? He was already down. It looks like Peeps came in with a cup of tea in his hand. So he was down. So I, he was, right, uh, I'll Peeps, take credit for it. I want Pe- credit yeah, for that. Y- you do have credit. You do have credit. On the internet, you have credit. Oh, I do? Oh, okay. I didn't uh, know that. Peeps has credit for just being like the orchestrator. He was like okay. the general contractor. So I did the wet work. You did, actually, yeah, you did oh, the wet right, work. Yeah, good, you were the good. sub. All right, I got three. Wow. Uh, you got three. Three is your hit count. What's the, what's the, Who has the high count? Is it like... Uh, you t- know, is it I don't know. Putting me on the spot. That's Tony or Christopher? Question. It would have to be Tony or Christopher's Christopher. got a lot. It's got to be... Pauly, I would say, has got it up there too. Um, but that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what can you tell me? It's been 20 years since the pilot. It's been almost 13 years since the finale. What can you tell me about your experience? Moments, interactions, events. What comes to mind to you today? Well, I, I you know, looking back, I, I couldn't say there's anything that I, I don't remember fondly. Uh, I mean, my first day, and you're not, you don't know anybody, and you're like, you know, stepping on shit and tripping over cables. Like, yeah, that, maybe that, but everybody was um, was was really welcoming, and 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 Jim was Jim was a great guy to know. He made everybody feel really like comfortable and. Uh, Really, really, really. One well, actually, one time um, we were shooting the Joe Peeps funeral scene, mm-hmm. and uh, they had me in this really cool like Armani suit. It was just fit like perfectly, fit like a glove. So Jim comes up to me, and he says, "Is that yours? Is that your suit?" I'm like, "No, no, it's wardrobe." I go, "Why?" He goes, "That looks fucking good on you." He goes, it "Really does." He goes, "Take it home when you take it home. You know, take it home tonight." I'm like, "No, I don't. Are you kidding? I'll get in trouble." He goes, "Don't worry about it. Take it home. Just tell him Jim said it's okay." I didn't, of course. I wish I did, but uh, a lot of things that we wish we yeah, did. Right? I wish I would have took it. I yeah. didn't take it though. But that was a grand gesture of him. Yeah, yeah, and I would, you know, tell you know most actors, uh, yeah, believe me, the lead, you get in trouble. They can be like, I don't know what he's talking about, but not Jim. Jim would have said, no, I told him to take it home. He would have stood up. He was that type of guy. He was really a mensch. Um, how did being on the show influence your life? Personally, well, professionally? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, definitely, uh, looking back historically now, I'm, I, I can't believe I was there. I was lucky to be there even in the small way I was. I mean, sometimes I'm like, was I really on that show? It's like, it, it's pretty amazing. And then you see um, people's reaction when they find out that you were on the show. And it's like... It, Still. It's a great... It's a really, really cool feeling. Like, I did the... Um, SopranoCon convention that was uh, in November. They had it at the Meadowlands. And it was just mind-blowing, man. Like, people from Europe, from England, Australia, like, just came dressed up as characters. And these guys with these Australian accents trying to do a New York accent, go, hey, Billy, how you doing? You know, I'm like, and, you know, they'll, they'll talk to you about your character and, like, shit, I don't even remember. They know the character better than you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
like with the three hits thing. Someone else, you know, I, I was hearing like, yeah, I had no idea that I had three hits. I you don't see your character killing Jason, but it's implied because you're waiting for Lorraine to get out of the shower. Right. So we we probably walked in. We we he grabbed them. I probably did it, and then yeah. I, then I went up to get Lorraine because I wouldn't go up to get Lorraine unless he was down first. Right. So there you go. You're right. And Joey Peeps. Right. So he yeah. We might put have him pulled down. rank on you. Yeah. We put yeah. So I probably pulled the trigger because I wouldn't have went upstairs unless he was dead. Because then, you know, who knows, you know, absolutely not. That wasn't Patty Darbonville running, right? That was a stunt double? No, that double. was a stunt double, yeah. Because yeah. I freeze-framed the show. We look at it frame by frame, and I was like, it's two different people. Yeah, no, um, for, that, for sure. But she was, she was cool. She had no problem, you know, she was... She was the one woman, again, this shows you how groundbreaking David Chase was. He put a woman, she wasn't a boss per se, but she was, right. she, she was a shy, you know, she was a yeah, collector. She, she had her own, shy, she she had had her her own, own Sherlock business, sure. And, yeah. you know, Tony, uh, she got an audience with Tony Soprano and, um, that was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool role. It would have been nice if she lived a couple of more episodes cause you could have done a lot of stuff with that she, character. Yeah. She would have been a very interesting, interesting yeah. character to keep Tony, around, yeah. she and Tony hooked up once, uh, uh Johnny Sack brings that up to the surface and there would have been a, there was a lot of opportunity yeah. there, but that's sort of the one of the reasons why people keep coming back to the show because there's so many little mini universes within the broader Sopranos verse. Yes, that's true. Um, I'm gonna say a name. Tell me the first thing that comes to mind today. Don't think, James Gandolfini. Man's man. Were you at his funeral? I I, I was out here. I I couldn't get to New York. No, I missed it. David Chase. Oh, wow. Um, genius. I mean, I don't, I mean, let's, yeah, to create that show. Yeah. Frank Vincent. <laughs> and if you have a story. Go, go get your shine box. Or a moment with um, him. No, Frank, Frank was Frank. He was, he was a great guy, but he's, what you saw is what you got. Is he Frank. intimidating? He could be. Yeah, no, he could be. You know, he was, um. If he was, you know, if he was in a bad mood, it was scary, you know. One time we were, we were on location. In fact, the, the, the uh, scene where we kill uh, Lorraine, we're in Brooklyn at some, some house. We were shooting it, and we're, so we're outside, you know, in between set, setups, and there's these, like, teenagers are across the street, and they're, like, they're starting to get a little annoying. Like, hey, get your shine box. Hey, Billy Bass, go get your fucking shine box. Frank's just like... And then at one point, Frank just stands up. He goes, tell your mother to get a fucking shine box. And the kids are like, holy shit. <laughs> they like ran, you know. There's a shot of him right after you guys come out of Lorraine's house where he's just looking. Yeah. He's sitting in his car and he's just looking like this. Yeah, yeah, Was that yeah. moments before or moments after what you just described? Yeah. Um, it, it probably wasn't that soon after, yeah. but, you know, he... I, that was that was his acting. I was sure. going to say yeah, it would have been yeah. perfect if that got him in the no, mood. No, he was. To be... he, he would be like, he was just there all the time, man. Yeah, he was great. Was he in character? Was he Phil Leotardo, or did he did he flip it on? I've heard that Edie Falco was able to do a, like flip yeah. a switch. Was he in it, or was he flipping switches? He was. Yeah, but you don't see the 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 the, the, uh, the switch getting flipped. He's Frank, and then he's Phil Leotardo. And he's Phil Leotardo, and it's. You don't see the change. Well, that's, but it happens. That's a testament to genius right yeah, there, right? Yeah, but it happens. Did you watch the show? Were you a fan of the show? Oh, before I got on, before sure. Before you got on? 
Sunday nights always. It was a religion, man. Stay away from me. Cook cook pasta and meatballs and watch the show. What episodes, what moments stand out to you, simmer up to this day? If I say, hey, if I say Sopranos to you, what top two or three things come to mind for you besides the ending? Uh, well, episode-wise, Pine Barrens. Okay. Um, there's a lot of stuff that uh, between Tony and... Um, and Paulie that I love. It's just, it's, it's, there's something really interesting about their relationship. I couldn't pick one, just one though. You think Paulie would ever turn coat on Tony? No. No. He wasn't the guy. He wasn't the guy. And I heard, you know, I heard that, uh, I don't know if Terry mentioned that, but I heard a story where he told the writers, if I rat, you, you, you all die. Like, right. you can never write me as a rat. They, they come close though. They come close, but I think it would have been a mistake because, you know, the way it was played up until that point, or the way the, the way the character was written and played by Sirico up to that point, you couldn't have that guy be a rat. That, it, it, the universe just would have wouldn't have worked anymore. He's older you know? than than. Johnny but you need, yeah. But he was he. You know, he was the. Sometimes he was the piss boy. Sometimes Tony would yell at him and take shit out on him. But he was the one. I think Tony always knew. You could trust that man with my life. Him, him, and only him. More than Silvio. More than Silvio. Yeah, I think Paulie Walnuts was the rock. Yeah. Hmm. If they would have made him flip, the show would have lost something. Love it. Yeah. Agree too. How was it different on the set of Boardwalk Empire, and how was it the same? Um. It was well. Okay, it was it was it was similar. Um, a lot of the same people, uh, a lot of the even the crew, the grips. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of the same. So you the know, culture was the same. It was the same. It was the same crew, pretty much. So, but um, and the culture was the same. It was you know a, a workplace. It was you know we had everyone's a professional, no bullshit, get your job done. But um, there was a, just a different electricity in the air on the set of The Sopranos. Not that there wasn't on Boardwalk. I mean, I love that. Boardwalk was my personal favorite of the work I've done, you know. Um, but the set of Sopranos had, like, this intangible thing, man. You, One in a million thing. You can't explain it. It just, you feel, it, it was, you felt it. Um, it was, like, just charged, you know. And, and I, I guess it that showed. I mean, it, you know, it showed on screen. Whatever was there was, like, this this X factor. We're sitting here right now talking about it. Uh, yeah, 20 years later. You're talking to me 20 years later. Well, I'm talking to everybody. <laughs> everybody that will talk to me. No, what I'm saying, like, that's how, you know, deep the show runs, that yeah. people care about my character. Even, yeah, absolutely. You know? You're immortalized on the show, and what the, the season five arc is in large part because of your character. That's a good point. And that's also the, it's also the, shows you the genius of the writing. They're able to insert these new characters that are these little, you know, they're like these running backs. They hand them the football. Right. And they run, they run up the middle. Not to use a sports analogy. I know no, no, no. I love sports analogies, though. Yeah. You could use it at and, But that's exactly what it is. Okay, we're going to give you the ball, and you're going to run through the arc of this season. Right. Well, that's exactly what happened with, with my, my role with, with the Leotaro brothers. That was a total, you know, audible. Yeah. <laughs> literally on the day, you know. And look what happened with yeah. Nancy Marchand when Livia, when she passed away. They had to change the, all of season three around yeah. to make the show work. And I think some of what makes the show so great is that 
they had to call numerous audibles, I've learned, and people know, and there's it's been written about, but they kept executing. Yeah. You know? You get knocked down. I don't know if you're a Rocky fan, but what does Sylvester, what does Rocky say? It's not how hard you get hit. It's how hard you can get hit and get up and keep going, right? Right. That's, that's the Sopranos. Favorite character not named Tony? I would have to say uh, Phil Leotardo. There's no scraps in his scrapbook, man. No, I mean, he was, I mean, all, all, all the villains that came on were great. You know, Richie Aprio, um, David Proval, I mean, he's an amazing actor. There's just something about Frank, maybe I'm biased because I played his little brother, but I, I'm trying to be objective. There was something about his character that r- was not only interesting and amazingly played, but r- rang so true as to that world and the, the real world of that, you know. That life. That life, like, you know, you know, it was, you know, you could tell, well, Frank grew up around them, you know, he grew up in New York with Pesci and all those guys, so, but, it, you know, growing up around that and seeing it's still not easy, it's very, really, it's, it's really hard to relay that, and Frank did it geniusly, he really did, but the, the reality he put on it, people think, oh, that was, it was, it was, it was his work, but, you know. Yeah, there's this whole notion that oh, these are just these are these guys. They're not really acting. That's just that's, a, totally that's just false. a total amateur who's giving an opinion on. Especially uh, Jim Gandolfini. Absolutely, I mean, he was the complete opposite of not Tony only Sp- complete opposite, but he had a body of work that you know most actors would die for yeah. before the Sopranos. Yeah, Broadway. I mean, yeah. a lot of stage. Um, Phil was a combination of Richie and ralph he was like the he was like the voltron you know like the best version of all of them combined right and that's what made him so menacing he didn't have to say anything there's that one scene where uh johnny sack yells he's really pissed at the table um you know everybody has a goddamned opinion right and then you just see phil leotardo turn you know he just kind of goes like this and it's like (laughs) yeah you know like Ah, oh, anyway, that's that's what I think of when I think of him. They just keep, his Tony's antagonists kept getting bigger and stronger yeah. and better, but they were diminutive in size. Right, you know? right. I end every episode with like a lightning round. Last good book you read? Um, last great thing you read? Last great thing. Well, it's, it's usually something for work, but the, the last thing I read was a book called Havana Nocturne. Okay. Um. Uh. You know, Havana during the late 40s up until the uh, revolution in 59. Lansky and Luciano go down, set up shop at the casinos at the same time. Um, Castro is, you know, doing his thing. And then, you know, they collide in 59. Project, you know, possibly happening. Ah, okay. About that. but um, Is it nonfiction, the book? Or is it a narrative historical fiction? The- no, it's, it's, it's a non it's, it's non-fiction. non-fiction. It's just it's a straight up pretty much you know like a history a history um, told kind of a narrative, but it's you know it's similar to Boardwalk Empire, the book. If you ever read it, yeah, yeah, it was just you know a chronological history of of like a factual. Yeah, I mean it's entertaining to some degree. Favorite character on Boardwalk, not named Nucky. I would have to say Jip Rossetti. <laughs> I got my, my again. Heart, I'm my biased. Heart, yeah, I'm my biased. Heart, my heart's with Richard Harrow. Richard was great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I just love the visual. Yeah, Harrow is great, and he was he he did such a great job yeah. on that. He sold me. That's like there was a prequel 
story just about his life. Yeah. You know, just the, that was another yeah, yeah. great thing. The DNA of that show in The Sopranos is that you created all these characters that could have their own, that could have their own universes. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what hooked me on that show was when the, in the pilot, when there, Al Capone's having a conversation, um, forget the guy's name. Um, the main guy that got killed off, uh, that shocked everybody. Uh, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Darmody. Yes. Thank you. Um, and they're just talking and talking and talking. You don't know what's going on. They're exchanging, they're swapping stories. And at the end he goes, Hey, my name is Jimmy Darmody. And he goes, Al Capone. Al Capone. It's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Okay. These guys are smart. They're letting yeah. it, they're layering it in. Yeah. It's That's just, that historical fit. Terry's genius at historical genius, fiction. Genius. He really is. That right there, that, that scene is when I saw the possibility of what writing can do for history. Yeah. You know, that's true. That's how you introduce a character. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you just do it. Yeah. You don't make a big, you show, you don't tell. Right. And you let right? the, let, you let the viewer discover it for himself. Yeah. yeah. And the viewers like, fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I don't know. Do you, do you know, did I mention this, that Steve Buscemi, if you think about it, has killed me twice now. Uh-huh. Right. Sopranos. It, yeah. And on Boardwalk at the end, at, well, when I first started on Boardwalk, you know, I, I come on, you know, he's you know really, really gracious and welcoming. And he goes, you know, kidding around. He goes, you know, no reprisals for me, you know, whacking you in The Sopranos for the Billy Leotardo hit. I'm like, reprisal? You have to just please don't kill me again. I'm not going to kill you. You're the star of the show. He goes, all right, we shook on it. At the end, I'm like, what happened, bro? Come on. <laughs> well, you, you got to talk to Terry about that. You killed me again. <laughs> you on? shook on it. He goes, well, I didn't. My guy, you know, Comedies, I'm like, yeah, but you ordered it. I mean, that's just, you broke the deal, you know. So, <laughs> so what, well, then what's, the, what's well, there's got to be a third project in the works now where you get your... I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we're putting it on the record. Well, if, it, if it's out there, and I'm, I'm in. <laughs> um, favorite music right now? What have you been listening to in 2020? Old or new? Uh, shit. I listened to recently. I was listening to the Beach Boys most, like, the okay. other day. Okay. So you like the old stuff? I like all, all, all types, all eras of music. I do like old music a lot. I always did 50s, 60s, Sinatra, Dean Martin. I love that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I guess you could say I'm really not a new music kind of guy. What TV shows or films have you enjoyed recently? I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, TV-wise, um, I actually think uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is a really good show. Um, not that much else on that I'm crazy about right now. Sounds like you like the vintage stuff. You like the, I, I, you, you I like guess the period you, pieces? I love period Yeah, I do, actually. Um, the Boardwalk, the book you told me about with uh, that's about true. Cuba. Yeah, I am into And that, then Once yeah. Upon a Time in Hollywood is a period piece. That's true. And then oh, Fleabag. I saw Fleabag recently. That that's 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 modern. That's set yeah. present day, and that's pretty good. Yeah, I like that you have a you're in a zone. Do you like to act in period stuff? Like, in, if, sure. you, if you had a, if you had your preference, like, is that a world that you feel comfortable in, or are you pretty fluid? Um, well, I liked the 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 idea of uh, the old New York, yeah. you know, period. Was, the speech was different. Yeah, it, it just. Uh, People move differently, you yeah. know, and uh, so that was interesting because it, you know, it gives you something to to bite onto as far as your character. Mm. So, I was listening to you know tapes of um, like Joe Valachi during the the Senate hearings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my grandfather spoke like you know the t- instead of you know 
boil the water, burl the water, or the, the toilet, eh, flush the toilet, you know, on a toilet, and just right, right. that old-fashioned kind of... Little nuance. Yeah, and uh, so I, I used it in, in Boardwalk, and it kind of helped me get into the character mm. better, you know, so... Recently, you did an episode of Tommy, Edie Falco's new yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, just, just, I just shot that, uh, it hasn't even aired yet, I just shot it, uh, like, November, I think. And or you, December, no, December. You play... Fire Chief Clemente. It's okay. a recurring role if the show comes back. Because um, I was in the last, second to last episode of first season. Uh, they only did 12 episodes for the first season. So now they're waiting for their uh, their pickup on season two. How does two. that work? When do you find out when a show... I don't know. I mean, I've been looking at the ratings. Hopefully, you know, the show gets picked up and I have a continuing job on it. Yeah. <laughs> the ratings are, are, are sort of like the easy way to yeah, sort of get yeah. a gauge. The re- and the ratings seem to be you those know, people watching. Yeah. You know, and uh, I watch it. It's a pretty good show. Edie's, Edie's great. She's magnificent. So, yeah, if, if that continues on, I will uh, appear on that as uh, Fire Chief Clemente. Of the st- city of Los Angeles. Of the city of Los Angeles. Filmed in New York. Filmed in New York. That is wild. Yeah. Only a handful of people can say, I will yeah. only do the show about New yeah. LA yeah. if yeah. you film it in New York. Yeah, she's one and of she's them. she's one yeah. of them. I mean, they literally, we have a scene where the, the Hollywood Hills is in the back, uh, in the, um, in the backdrop, shot, yeah. in the backdrop. And we shot at a, uh, in a parking lot in Queens. I mean, they're going to CGI the Hollywood Hills into that shot. I mean, it's got to be so. Really, nothing you know. is filmed here. Not even like the. B-roll. They ha- they must film some B roll here, and maybe they do some you know uh, some uh, exterior shots because I saw them walking. I seen where Edie and this other guy were walking around downtown. It was definitely downtown LA. So they flew out here for so, some. Yeah, stuff. they must come out for and shoot like a bunch of stuff, and, and then and they cut it in as the season goes. Interesting, love it, and good luck on that. If you hosted a podcast, what would you want it to be about? Obviously not sports, but what topic would you want to talk about if you had a podcast? Maybe the, the business, the, the business and uh, entertainment, entertainment business, business you know, from an actor's point from of view. From an actor's point of view as, as a whole, you know, different aspects of it. But Do you like the current system? Or do you, are you concerned about the current system? Just acting in general, the way the business has changed since you've been in it for as long as you have, just kind of weigh in. A lot of the young listeners, some people that are thinking about acting, advice, commentary, or any sort of like perspective on, on your career and where it is right now? Well, um, it's, it is different. It's changing now and it, there's a lot more content, but there's also a lot more, uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot more actors and actresses and, um, and also I'm finding that the, the content is, was getting better. It got better, you know, with Sopranos and HBO and that whole like golden age or second golden age of television, whatever they call it. And now it hit a point and I'm starting to see it go back in the uh, in another direction. It's I don't think the quality is 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 still there. It feels rushed, right? It's rushed, and there's, there's it's just about getting more content out, getting you know locking all people these into these platforms. platforms. And uh, you know, I'm watching shows, and I'm not going to you know no. name them, right. but I'm like, how did this get on the air? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, uh, you know, so. There's a lot more work out there, but um, somehow the business keeps getting tougher for, for actors and people starting out. You know, when you're starting out, make sure you have <laughs> a day job, basically. You know, I mean, don't come out to L.A. unless you have some money saved or you have a means of, uh, 
of income, you know, because yeah. you know, your acting career might take years before you're actually paying the bills with it. It's wild. Yeah, it's wild. It's interesting. There's all these new platforms that are coming out. Even now there's these digital platforms, right? There's some that are geared towards mobile phones, something called Quibi. Quibi. And, and you have major filmmakers uh, making content on well, Jeffrey on that. Katzenberg Katzen- is behind well, right. Quibi. Oh, that's right. He owns and they've the raised company, yeah. $2 billion and they're writing big checks to content creators and actors are involved in episodes that are no longer than 10 minutes. 10 minutes, yeah. Do you have an opinion on that? I don't like it. Besides it being less money? I I don't don't like the whole idea of it. Yeah. It just freaks me out. It's like, it's like, I don't like, I don't like the way, it just, that has me concerned. Yeah. I'm sure it has a lot of actors concerned. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's great stuff, but where, where's it going? So like, that's just phones that you're just going to have, you're going to watch your own specific content that was made specifically for you. Personalized. On your phone. And it, puts more distance between us because you can't even talk about it with anybody like how many of your friends have seen that you know it's like well the argument they would make is that you can like share it you can like text it over to a buddy and but it's very impersonal it's yeah. not like everybody's sitting at home on sunday that's the thing watching you the know, sopranos I, I, at yeah. 9 p.m i'm i'm it's i'm older now and that's i that's yeah. how i see it like like you know like your father or your grandfather your, ah, your kids don't know what the hell you don't i'm getting to that point like yeah i i miss Sitting down in front of the TV at nine o'clock on a Sunday to watch the Sopranos, knowing what you're watching. It was an event. Then you, when you heard this, you know, the HBO dun, dun, thing come on, yeah. it was like, you know, like when you used to go to the movies the and credits. the opening. You know, it's like you watch the opening credits. I mean, we couldn't wait for the opening credits of Sopranos. You know, now wa- people now you skip through it. Well, I know? watch the opening credits of other shows now out of respect for the Sopranos right. because the opening credits of that show meant something, and I like to see if the newer shows have reverence for the opening credits like The Sopranos did, and most don't. Right. Some of them are compelling. Like, I actually like the Big Little Lies one because I really like the song. But, yeah, it's not an experience like it was. And yeah. I'm I'm not super old, but I'm also not super young. I'm kind of right in the sweet spot for what would be a Quibi customer. And I'm kind of like, I want to be a little more in with my characters. Like, you know, 10 minutes. I'm okay if Tony and Melfi are just sitting in a chair and there's no talking for 10 minutes. Just cut, 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 cut yeah, back and forth. No one has any attention span. You, yeah. That's what it is. And, and this is going to make it worse. Yeah. You know? That's very true. <laughs> I'm going to try to have them, you know, lock in for a half hour. 10 minutes, you know. Well, now a half hour is a whole season on Quibi, right? 10 minute, 10 minute, 10 minute. So the good thing is, I guess, like, TV commercials now will only be five seconds. <laughs> well, that might, that, well, I don't think the advertisers are going to be happy about that, see? Because then, then they're, they're not going to be able to sell their product. Right. No, the commercial is going to be longer than the goddamn show soon. It's true. That will be crazy. Well, before we sound any older, uh, Chris, thank you so much for being a part of this. It oh, means thank a, you. means a lot to me. Um, I wish you much success and the best in the future. Thank you very much. Thanks. It was my pleasure.